The message continues. Everybody can divorce. Everybody. There are 1.7 billion things you can see that you can stand on and say, I don't want to marry again. So what is the way out of divorce? Don't let it be in your equation. So marry and make up your mind. No matter what comes and what goes, hell and how water, this thing we must work on it. It's a decision you make. Except in the context of adultery and fornication, adultery, Jesus Christ said, hallelujah. But apart from that, you can't leave a woman. You can't leave a man because we think that the man, somebody says he's leaving his husband. Why? He snores at night. Can I add another one? Look at me. This is a vow me and my wife made. I remember very well in Hacho, in my uncle's house. We prayed and I said that. I don't need to know anything about you. You don't need to know anything about me. You have married. But this thing, let's make it a vow. And it's a vow before God with our hands on the Bible that this marriage, nobody will sit down or no family people will sit down to settle our problems. I'm not teaching the right people. So the day you marry, make sure no family member they come there and they are coming to sit down to settle your matter. God forbid. You can have one or two challenges that you don't want to understand. You go to your spiritual father. That is, this thing, what do you think? But not family people. We have lived with grandma for over 15 years. He has never heard us shouting over one another. No, never. He has never come and said, that, hey, hey, Pastor, Bacho, Bravo, Bruni, Bacho, they be a poor mommy. Never. Never. You are fighting and your, your son has come. Gina has come. Daddy, daddy, you are beating mommy. Daddy, you came, mommy. Go No. Don't marry and don't ever manhand your wife. No matter what. Don't ever lift your hand on a woman. No matter what he does. Even if you go and meet her red-handed with a man, congratulate her and let her go to his mother's house. Don't be there. Because you can strike somebody and kill the person. The last point I'm giving is very crucial. Let you know, family member, don't take your family case, number two. Don't develop the attitude of taking your family little itches to your office and tell a so-called colleague there, my husband is like this. I don't know he's doing this. I don't know. Don't insult your fiancé in public. And don't use strong words in front of his brother, his sister, or your brother, or your sister, or your parents. Don't undermine a man in the midst of people that he respects. 
be a lady. Now, this is the demo. Don't cut a call because you are angry. Start talking on the phone. I'm talking about your spouse. And end the call in a very good note. I'm sorry for what I did. Bye-bye. I love you. Cut it. What is it? What card did you went out with? Oh, the four-wheel. Didn't I tell you don't take it? How many of you have done it before? Wave, wave, let everybody see. Let the angel see you. How many of you have cut a call on your fiancée? How many of you are planning to cut? Amen. Polite, be diligent, be respectful. Everybody say respect. It comes back to the foundation. Let the man feel secure around you. Let the woman feel safe around you. And let it be a heaven on earth relationship. God bless you. Three questions. God, this one is very hot. It's not really hot, but it's good. About the divorce, the, you said it should be based on uh, adultery. That's or, what Jesus said. Yes. And if one partner is trying hard... Even that one is not automatic. He said if you love her, love. you can still keep her. If, if, if one partner is trying hard to work things out, but the other one is still being stubborn and... Uh, that person is one person has committed it normally. Let me tell you something. This is for everyone to listen to me. If you look at life itself, that's why if you're a woman, you have to be very careful. Even the Bible, so I want to read the Bible carefully as if it has not been fair to you. Remember, there was an adultery that they cut the woman and brought the woman to Jesus. So, where is the man? You know, that society will not judge a man for committing adultery, but you, the woman. So it depends on which one is becoming stubborn. Normally, a lot of men are committing adultery. Their wives will stay with them. But let the woman try it. Am I making sense? Yes. So be careful. This one is a word to a wife. So when you say it, you have to qualify. Normally, the problem is not with the woman. With the man. There are a lot of women who know what their husbands have done. Nature of a woman. They are there. Some of the women cry. It's not that they have done it too. They even suspect it there. It has become a big issue. So, it's not a matter of who is becoming stubborn. Just go straight to the point and be brutally frank about it. The stubborn ones are we, the men. Am I telling the truth? It's not that we are trying to be stubborn as if one person is standing. No. Yeah. In the West, there are few women who have also tried to do that because culture, most of when they see their husband has done that, they try to leave them. But most time, most of them are stayed. It's just one out of ten or one out of hundred. 
But most times, it is the, it is the problem has to do with the, uh, uh, the woman when anything happens to them. That is why Jesus told the woman, go and see no more. Because, in fact, fairly speaking, they should have brought all the two to Jesus. Because it doesn't take one person to commit adultery. It takes two. Have I answered your question in advance? Yeah. Go ahead, if you have something more to ask. I wasn't necessarily uh, referring to adultery, but it may be an attitude or a kind of character that uh, you, you, you are trying to work things out, but maybe your wife or your, your husband is still in that, and it's getting to the point where you cannot take it anymore, and should, you, should that be a basis for now, you divorce? See, when you preach, uh, apart from these people that are here, there are thousands of people and tens of thousands of times listening to me all over the nations of the world. Now, the difficulty about this is that when we preach, eh, somebody's listening from South America from that with different cultures. When you generalize the question like that, it's very difficult to answer. Now, for instance, I'll give you an example. There are characters you see in a relationship you have to back off. Eh? And there are ones you have to work on. So which one are you talking about? Characters that you see in a relationship you have to back off. For instance, I gave you the last time. A woman, a man that beats a woman. A woman that insults you in the public. A man, uh, so there are things you see that it's not advisable to even try to work on it. <laughs> but things, there are, there are also minor, minor things. I don't know which one you're talking about working on it. Maybe you don't get along. Maybe you argue a lot. When you say this, this one say what? This one believe that. Uh, this one believe in uh, Kukumbaja. This one believe in Abrobe. That kind of thing. Now, what you have to do is to stop watching those things. Because most of the things even that bring tension to our marital home, we are not even supposed, we are not supposed to allow those things to be part of our entertainment. Because there must be what we have, godly entertainment. So when you generalize it and ask me that you are working on it, what are you working what are that? Because some of you, eh, you are courting with girls and maybe they disagree with you on some things and they have a very good point, very legitimate point of disagree with you. But because you are standing in your stubbornness and ego, you think that he must, he must just submit to whatever you say. Because some of you, the reason why marriage will not work is because of your tradition. Because for instance, there are some of you here, even though if you fall in love with, an, a, a, with a, a girl woman, even though you, you, are, you are from the north, you will still not marry her because of tradition. So, what are you working on? How many of you are getting what I'm talking about? What are you working on? Sometimes people talk about complaints and when they come, and listen to me, like I said in my house, that we don't have a problem in this house. We have a challenge. If you have a challenge, then you can meet the challenge. But if it's a problem, you might not get a solution. So I don't allow anybody to use the word problem. I allow them to use the word challenge. And I told them to meet it. So even the terms you use are very important. If you say you are working on it, what are you working on? Because after you marry, you still have to work on so many things. Let me tell you, you can never see even 70% of your spouse when you are courting. All of us will hide things that will show up in the marriage. So have it at the back of your mind. 
In fact, some of the things to show up after five years. That is why to have a successful marriage. Remember the scripture that says, love covers multitude of wrongs. That's why I keep saying that. Marry somebody you love. Because the love itself will bury things. If you don't love somebody, you always see the, the, the weakness and the wrong aspect of the person. When you love the person sincerely, there are things that offend, it will offend you. It will not offend you. Because of the love. Love covers it. So what are you working on? If I've work on and work on the thing that's not working, what are you working on? You must give us the things we are working on. At least tell us one. And we know. Once you can't say it, it's not something to work on. It's you have to. And most times, eh, when people say, sometimes eh, when people are complaining about the other partner, they have to work on themselves. You see, once you point a finger at somebody, four is at you. Not three. This is the way it is. You point one at the person, three point at you, this one point to God as a witness. <laughs> because when, when we are doing a program like this and you are here and your fiancé is not here, you can ask any question. Huh? Okay, if you come to church, let me tell you something about preaching. If you come to church, we are preaching, and then we are starting and say that, you, some of you, madam, that are not treating your, 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 the woman helping you where? Your husband says, preach, brad. preach, daddy. preach. Because what you are saying satisfies his ego and conscience. But you, the preacher, turn and say, you servant, instead of submitting, you are trying to be stubborn. You'll be quiet. And the woman will say, <laughs> so most time we respond because it appeals to our flesh. Yeah. Only sincere people ask questions. That the question affects them. Most time, you ask question as if you are this brother perfect, and he is not the perfect. That is why all the pastors here should listen to me very carefully. It is totally wrong to try and counsel married people listening to one and make judgment. But once they finish talking, you have to say, oh, thank you very much. Um, let me pray. I'll get back to you. And don't even let him know you talk to his wife. Find a wisdom way to find his wife and say, How's everything at home? Is everything fine? Let the wife start talking, you'll be shocked. Is it online? Yes, sir. So, I'm, I'm writing from Russia and I bless ah. God for your initiative and ministry. I'm dating with somebody and we used to have sex before, but now Sincerely. I decided, mm. but now I decided that we have to stop. Mm -hmm. And the guy does not understand. He said he can't wait till we get married. That is about two years. He wants to finish building. Building the house and everything. The guy does not understand spiritual things like I do. Or like I want him to. I wanted to break the relationship. So I've been praying and seeking for wisdom. And I received some wisdom from somewhere that I must stay. But I'm also wondering, when will he change? And when will he become the man I, that I need? I'm overwhelmed. I need counseling. Thank you for helping. Watch this. Well, Anne, it's very simple. 
It's not a matter of seeking for wisdom. If you listen to the first session, I preach about the foundation for every relationship, relationship should be Christ. So, it's not a matter of trying to let him change. Only Christ can change people. You don't have power to change anybody because you yourself, God has not finished changing you. So, it is only Jesus Christ that changed people. So, the question is that, does the man, has the man received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If not, then know that you are going to marry an unbeliever. Which the Bible is specifically and strongly against it. So you are making a choice contrary to God's will for your life. And God is not an any obligation to defend you. Because he that knows the, 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 you say, the, the truth and refuses to do it, sins. So the Bible says that if you are married, marry somebody. It's not a matter of somebody give you wisdom. Because after you marry, all kinds of things will show up. That is more stronger than this one. Now, I can promise you that the way you have stopped the sex that you are not having, he might even have another mind that when he finishes marrying, you will teach you all the pain you have taken him through. That's our memory. The unregenerated mind works different from the generated mind. It is Jesus Christ that comes to a man that stops him from doing some things that willingly he wants to do, but he can't do it. Because if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. As long as the guy doesn't know Christ and doesn't believe what you believe, I promise you that if you decide to go ahead and marry, you don't need counseling. Just go and marry and you will live with that consequence. Very simple. Yes. C'était pour savoir la différence entre le mariage coutumier et le mariage civil. Et une femme qui est mariée coutumièrement, une femme qui est mariée coutumièrement et que son mari a laissé, qu'elle va se marier à quelqu'un d'autre. Est-ce qu'elle commet l'adultère? I want to know the differences between the civil, I don't know, according to the law, the marriage we make, the traditional marriage, the custom marriage. Yeah, you want to know the difference? And then a woman who is married. Uh, according to the uh, tradition, can't she? When she, the man, uh, she, she lived with a man, but the man let her. Now uh, she went with, with another man. Can it be an adultery? I'm trying to have the picture that if you marry the traditional marriage, can you still go ahead and live with a man? Or uh, there's something also is that if you break up the traditional marriage, she did. I'm not getting the question very well. Le mariage coutumier. Um, Est-ce que c'est cassé? What is what bon, is what is? Le monsieur dit il veut plus. Le monsieur veut plus. Il est parti. Okay. Il est parti. The man don't want again. The man is gone and mm. left the woman alone. Now. Can the woman go and marry? Uh -huh. So is it a wedding or is traditional marriage? It's always traditional. The second marriage. No, no. The second marriage, là, c'est pas traditionnel. Je demande en fait, comme le premier est parti mm -hmm. et un second vient, mm -hmm. il te pose. Est-ce que tu commets l'adultère à l'égard de celui qui est parti? Bon, the second uh, who, who came, I don't think, il a marié légalement ou bien? Pas légalement, coutumièrement. Uh, also, uh, according to the tradition, the second man has married. No. The first one, that the man has left and gone. That marriage, is it just traditional marriage or they had a wedding and sang? The first one that the man went, so you are living with the man. The man is gone. You can't see the man again. But I want to find out. 
that man that has run away, is it just tradition or they sign, in, they sign a wedding? Okay. Est-ce que le premier mariage, c'était un mariage où c'était seulement traditionnel ou bien après ça, ils ont signé des papiers à la mairie On n'a pas signé des papiers à la mairie. Ils ont fait coutumièrement, à l'église, on les a présentés que c'est des mariés coutumièrement. Mais mm -hmm. civil, ce n'a pas été fait. Ils ont été à l'église, ils ont montré à l'église qu'ils sont mariés, mais traditionnellement, on l'a. C'est tradition. Ok. Let me say this. I'm not in a mood, but I think it's one of my teachings. That... You remember that Mary was engaged to but he has never had sex with her because they were planning for the wedding. Which is in the context of the Christian marriage, engagement is not marriage. Engagement is traditional marriage and you are not a traditionalist. <laughs> you are a Christian. So in the process is that there are three steps of the marriage. The engagement settles the family. It is when you are going to ask the hand of the lady that somebody has raised him up. When you finish, the, the, when they finish the wedding, the thing they say, let's go and sign. Actually, we're not supposed to do it in church. You were supposed to go and do it at court. But because of the, the, the traffic, they license the church, like what we say, Potter City is gazetted for that. So once they gazette us, instead of you going to court, then it's assumed that the symbol of the authority of the chief justice is here. And so you sign. When we finish, we send the copy back to the court. But our side is when we declare you husband and wife. So you fulfill the side of the family. You fulfill the side of God. That is where you exchange the vow. That why you are entering into a covenant. Then you go back and fulfill the state. That in case one day something happens and the family is coming after you, the state will come and defend you. Now, the reason I was asking that question is that assuming that lady, that the man ran away, signed a wedding ceremony, even though the man ran away, he cannot go and marry another one. He must get a lawyer to reverse the former marriage. And it can only be done by a competent justice of a court to stand and say, Based on this and this condition, I have nullified and canceled the marriage. Then, you can marry again. But as long as that one is not done, you have no right to go and marry anybody. In its own, because it's a traditional marriage, I can't, because you are not traditionalist, I'm not traditionalist. I don't know what it is, but don't ever have engagement and move into the man's house. You are committing a fornication. It must be fulfilled by God, by blessing the marriage, and then, if possible, have certificate. That is why most of the embassy, when you go, they demand marriage certificate. It's legitimate that you are legally married and you are this person's wife. Hallelujah. It is that certificate that permits you to become Mrs. Because legally approved that you have adopted this person's name and you have forfeited your maiden name and that you have my name. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So let's get that very clear. Don't ever have engagement and move in a man's house. It's traditional. And let me tell you, that traditional marriage, it is so weak that some countries, you don't even need to bring any drink. You just have to find a restaurant and hide a drink behind you and they don't say, will you marry me? And they put the ring in his hand. It's totally... Uh, <laughs> Thank you.
our culture don't go by that way. Are you getting it? If you meet somebody in a corner and you sit down and say, will you marry me? And he say yes, and put the ring down. It's called promise. In our culture, it's a promise ring. You can't go and put somebody's uh, uh, and there you go. The worst thing culture, I go and say, mommy, I've done my engagement. Your father. Because I'm angry. Kona ko jana kaze daddy I've done engagement. Ubu huse trial be jana sana yusi. He's now going to invite all his family people to come. My daughter, it's an honor to the father and the mother. That is why we go for list. Can't go and concord people's culture and put it in your own. In the name of I am now a Western culture woman. Move there. And I tell you this, in our culture, and the difference between tradition and culture, I'm not ready to do that. There's a difference between tradition. The Bible is against tradition, it's not against culture. <laughs> so you make the word of God of none effect by the traditions of your fathers. It didn't say by the culture. So when you see me wearing kente, it doesn't mean I've sinned. It is my culture. Sometimes don't just input the Western culture into you in the name of being a Westernized. You are not an American. You come from Oche Bompeso. <laughs> and let me tell you, in our culture, there are two things you can't separate marriage from. You can't separate family from. I told you the other time, marriage and funeral. You can't take family out. All right. Online. Mm -hmm. So, Daddy, I, I was really blessed by today's service. Mm -hmm. And I would like to ask a question. My question is, what if a man meets a lady and they both are interested in each other mm -hmm. and, decide, and they decide to court? The lady's father is a pastor and the lady leads the worship team in the church. Mm. And the man, the man thinks or says it's a must that when she marries the lady, she has to follow her to her church. But I believe because of the lady's position, there should be some understanding about this. How does one handle the situation? You see, I, I, I always love to answer things in the context of the Bible. All these things are human traditions, which it does have no Bible base. The question I want to ask the lady is that, if another man from their church Go to see another lady at another church who also worship like Wadi. That one there, the man preferred that he come to join the church. So that is a risk involved in all the things we do. It's like business. Every business has some risk that's involved in it. Everything you do has some risk that's involved in it. The risk is that we have formed a culture that says that if I come and marry you, you follow me to my church. Normally, the woman follows the man to church. Now, there is nothing wrong. It has only come on a mutual understanding. If the guy decided I want to follow you, fine, it happens. Hallelujah. But if the guy insists that me too, I am a deacon too in my church, what happens? Then the priorities are, once this one say, hey, and this one say, hey, then we come and judge it. Then it means that the woman has to surrender. Hear it? So I'm not, I can't answer this for you. It's between you and the guy. If the guy says, Fine, I don't want to mess with your church and I want you to come. Hallelujah. All this has to come because uh, some of the churches 
if you don't take care, you hold the church as if it's your property, and then that. Okay, I want to ask another question. If God called that lady home, God forbid, what happened to the worship in the church? So, so think very broad and make a lot of adjustment and don't just be selfish in your thinking. And you can also stop a relationship because of worship. When he's in a labor ward and he gets pregnant and it's nine months, who should lead the worship in the church? It means that you can lead the worship all your life. Get another worship team member. Oh, come on. I don't want to. I don't. That, is the way my, that is the way my thinking works. It's not going to be forever. If you go before God to start the relationship, God will ask you, the marriage institution and the worship, which one is more important to God? Then after the lady is going to deliver, it's like you marry a wife, you say you love her because he prays. If you get pregnant, he can't pray the way he has to pray. Then I think that will naturally will not a woman do some things he used to do unless those seasons pass. So your marriage must be based on that. So get a broad mind about the whole thing. And don't just insist that I don't want this one to leave. I don't want if you don't take care, you have that spirit. One day you don't even want your daughters to marry. Because they are going. And that is the reason why some of you, you have to pray a lot. One of my daughters, I told her, I said, listen to me, girl. It's not a matter that your father loves you too much. Too. Your father has married you spiritually. And it might not be demonic. Sometimes, as a result of being the only daughter, he gets so much connected to you that releasing you becomes, so every man comes, this one, I don't like him. This one, I don't like him. This one, I don't like him. And the girl is hitting 30, late 30s. That was the kind of bond between me and my mother. When I pick it up, it's, when we say somebody has married spirit, it doesn't mean he has entered the spirit and go and do wedding. It's not demonic, but a certain attitude is making her becoming so much bond to you that he doesn't want anybody to have you. And then he starts fighting everybody that comes around your life, psychologically, consciously, and unconsciously. So if you are the kind of man that you are so close to your mother, then no woman is qualified. It means that you must break that thing. And if possible, cut yourself from him for about a year or two. And then find somebody and marry. If you don't take care, he's going to see your wife. Instead of seeing her as a daughter, he sees her as a rival. They don't want me to say it, but I'll say it the way it is. That is the grace God put on my life. So, so I think I've answered her very well. He has to choose between worship and marriage. And I want to promise her that you will never need worship all her life. Even if he doesn't marry this guy, and marry somebody in the church and stay there. After they become pregnant, after eight months, depends on the complication of the pregnant. Some people get pregnant and they put them in hospital for eight months. Mm. You're not in control of that. So he should tell his father to get a sister worship leader. Mm. Okay. okay. Well, I think, mm -hmm. I think uh, maybe you have to clarify this. Um, he said, I, I did a traditional marriage. A pastor came and blessed the marriage. Yes. And I was given a Bible and went to court to sign. Perfect. But I didn't do wedding. Is it not a marriage? It's a marriage. Yes. I think they, they, they are a bit confused. No, it's a marriage. Because, because, sorry, I'm talking to Ghanaians and the culture. You see, what is, when we say marriage, when we say Christian marriage, the important thing is say that a pastor came. Eh? Now, watch this. There's another one today, do. You go to the engagement and pray. And when you finish, say you have blessed. No. 
you have not gone through the process of the exchange of vows. But in the engagement, you can still do the vows there. And it becomes married. Because listen, if you win an election in Ghana, you are not a president until we swear you into power. So winning an election, that's not automatically means that you must ascend to the throne. So the fact that you are going up and somebody, there's difference between prayer and exchange. This is the process that you go through to become legally entered into them because covenant is an agreement. So say this after me. So it's one thing for you to call a pastor to pray at the engagement and it's another thing for you to say that after the engagement, come and take us through the marriage vows. We call it marriage vows. And then your teacher was as you know. So if men permit it, God permits it. So the clarification there is that there's difference between somebody who pray on your wedding. When you say the person blessed, there's something we call blessing. It's still a, 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 a kind of wedding, but it is not the ping, 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 ping one. No matter when they do it in the office, they say they are doing blessing. But yesterday, they go through some kind of exchange of vow. Will you take this woman as your wedded wife? Do you keep her and that? If you say this one, do. To be your lovely wedded wife, say I do. He said, on authority invested in me by the government and by God, I pronounce it from today, husband and wife. Because there was a wedding ceremony in Cana. And Jesus Christ did the miracle at the time. His, 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 his time has not come. If wedding is not necessary to God, the Bible could have said it is wrong. Jesus, wedding is so much important to God that when the time has not come for Jesus to start working miracle, he still went ahead to do it because it's a marriage ceremony. So nobody said go and buy a white gown. Nobody say go and buy a long sisigidi coat. Nobody say go and buy anything. What you are saying is that if you think that you want to combine your engagement and your wedding, the only thing is that, like he said, you must go to the court and sign because we can't give you a certificate in your house because the house is not gazetted. If you want to do it, then you call. There is somebody in the court you call. I've forgotten their name. There is a name they call. Huh? Marriage registrar. He has to come and sit there before you can get authority to have the wedding there. Else the place must be gazetted. So the reason why we do wedding here is that the place is gazetted and given license by the state attorney to have weddings here. And even when you do a wedding in a place that is not gazetted, when you are going through divorce, they can call it that it's not wedding. So don't go to that, your pastor there, which has a set up at and go to make sure that the place is gazetted. When it's gazetted, they give you certificate of the marriage certificate. So that when we tear your part, the other part, when it's exhausted, we finish, we take it and send it back to the Ghana court. So anytime you go to court and it's anything and you say that my husband doesn't want to marry me again and I want to separate the marriage, the first thing they find is to go to your file and find out whether where your marriage was gazetted and whether... Uh, uh, the pastor to who married you was cassetted. So the place must be cassetted and the pastors must be licensed. And so if the pastor is not gazetted to officiate wedding, you did the wedding all right, the state doesn't accept it. So I have my gazetting number. All of them have their gazetting number. When you go to the court and you quote my gazetting number the registry, it will give you my records, everything. 
and every pastor. So the pastor must be gazetted. It means that he must be lances and the place must be lances. If you didn't have the lances, then anytime we are doing wedding, we must bring the court register to come and sit here. If it's not there, the marriage is not authentic. And the wedding is not authentic. It's still a traditional marriage. Amen. However, you can still also come to church after engagement, take you through the vows, and declare your husband and wife, and it's still marriage. You have fulfilled God's part. And you may not even sign at court, but if anything happens to you, they cannot defend you. Let me tell you something. When you come to church and you do your wedding, eh? The wedding has nothing to do with that certificate over there. Your pastor can still bless your marriage as a spiritual father with authority from God. Are you getting it? He doesn't need to be gazetted to do that. I'll give you an example. Have you seen a lot of the pastors in the abroad has renounced their marriage alliances? The reason is that they brought a law that if Bismarck and John walk to the church, marry them. Now, in the Western countries, some of the law says that you don't need to be a member of a church for a pastor to marry you. It means that once I'm licensed by the, to marry, anybody can walk to me and I have to accept them to marry them. Huh? And the pastors are saying that if you don't marry Bismarck and John, you have discriminated. So some of them renounce their licenses. So instead of you coming to sign in the church, then you have to go to the court and sign and they will give you the blessing. That one, when you walk to me, I can tell you that I am not licensed to marry people. Somebody say, wow. wow. Okay. Have I clarified it to the lady now? Yeah, you should. Yes. At the place I want to ask uh, with the point number seven, mm -hmm. working together mm -hmm. in the house, mm -hmm. uh, kitchen, mm -hmm. you are cutting onion. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask uh, to what extent would uh, one work be seen as an abuse on the other, on the other partner? Does it mean that you are supporting your, your partner so much that you see it as an abuse? You see it as an abuse. Maybe um, uh -huh. you, you, you wash together. Uh -huh. When you are washing, you wash here, then she also wash here, then mm -hmm. you rinse, then you go and okay. dry. Then maybe uh, one day, just pack everything to you. To what extent would you see that as an abuse? Yeah. That is the, the first question. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm not getting the point now. Yeah. Uh, it's just taking advantage of your leniency and yeah. try to, yeah. That's why I said that. And remember I said it. I said that if your husband starts doing that, don't take him for granted. He's not actually supposed to do those things. And if he comes and come and help you, by culture, by culture. You see, our culture, actually, some of the things we say here, we say in the Christian culture, the people watching by, somebody can even get offended for what we are saying. Because there's so much into the tradition that uh, we have to preach in a Christian, and it's very difficult to put these things on air, because somebody can watch you and be, be decide that you won't watch you again, because you see, change is very difficult, and when you are preaching a message that makes people change, they will need a lot of humility to really change. Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying now? But not everybody will hear it and accept it. What I'm trying to say is that when you see the things becoming a good, I pray that it won't get there, but a godly, God-fearing woman will not abuse such an opportunity. Yeah. So that one day my wife wake up, hey, can I quite come in Indy? No. 
It's never done that. Amen. Please, lastly, um, the point number three, uh, going places together. Um, when you go to maybe parties, dinner together, then when they set up the itchy, then uh, when she, he goes, then she want to take, he wants to take everything. Rice, won't take rice, uh, jollof, and all the bankun, he will divide into four, or even two, and then we'll finish it. And people are watching, you don't like it. You keep telling him that, oh, this, do, you still, <laughs> do you still keep going to places with him? Can I answer your question with a question? Don't you prefer to see that one you caught in after you marry, you start seeing it? The friction it will bring after you marry, it will be more serious than when you are courting. Let me make a point here. Courtship is not marriage. The purpose of courtship is to study one another and see whether you can be compatible in marriage. If you meet things that you think you cannot handle, it's better you part. That is why the Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't permit us to fall in love, but it wants us to walk in love. Because walking in love is when you meet a portals or a manhole, you can jump it. So, the purpose of courtship, the fact that somebody proposed to you and you accepted that so me by force you should get into marriage. You are not studying one another. If you meet things that you realize that this you can't handle, and I'm going to repeat that statement again, and I'm going to say it and don't forget it. A broken courtship is better than broken marriage. The heavens will not charge you for breaking a courtship, but sometimes you will pay for breaking a marriage. Amen. So don't ever come to the place to say that, eh, we are caught in, so marry me by force. No. If you, are, if you see things that you think that it will not help, like you go to a party, your wife go there, then you went there for Jollof, then you went there for this, hey, are they? <laughs> then you say you still are going to marry her. And what you are trying to say is that, do you keep going to parties with her? It's not a matter of going to the party. If he has a spirit of gluttony, you seek deliverance, you seek the demon to be cast out, and if the demon refuses to come, then you cast yourself out. So. Well, because you have to marry for where you are going. Can you imagine one day you have become the vice president of Ghana, and you are going to banquet in China, and Chinese people have brought some, hey, some steaks, and then your wife went there. Instead of everybody taking one, you want to take the whole plate. And don't, don't, don't underestimate it. Because, you see, there are people who marry, and the woman didn't even know who they were married. They thought they were married some lawyer. They didn't know one day to become the first lady of a country. You must have all those things at the back of your mind. Because you can't tell where God is taking you. One day, I traveled to go and preach in my friend White Guy's church in Britain. It was my birthday. And we decided, that, oh, let's go out. You see, the white people, they don't play with things like that. So we finished preaching, and the birthday fell on Saturday. I was there on the apartment that they rented for us. We were there thinking about how to spend. And me, I didn't grow up too much birthday, birthday, that kind of thing. So I am not totally passionate about it. But you come to a position that we don't have a choice. Even if you don't celebrate it, people will celebrate it on your behalf or force you to. So fine. 
Now, when I finish preaching, we preach on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm waiting to preach on Sunday. We leave. And then I was there. So I told my wife. My wife said, let's go out. And then he's thinking of what we do. I said, girl, I'm tired. Let's sleep. And then, so he said, okay, we still have to go out. So he called one or two friends. Then around about four o'clock, I was there. They called me on the hotel. Uh, it was apartment. They said, is that Reverend? And I said, yes. He said, please, um, you have some visitors here. And then you need to come. Ah. When I got there, I saw some flashing lights. It's like... So, I say, me, visitors, and that, I say, I, I, when I got that, I saw fleets of cars, limousines, about four or so, four limousines, black, white, I think two black and two white, line up, and people have dressed like, you know, wedding, like dinner dresses and all that, so when they call me, say, uh, they are coming, the people stand there, I say, no, it's not me, so I was going back, he said, ah, it's you, then suddenly, I saw a group of white people. When I entered, when I, I saw, I said, it's not me. So he said, come to the reception, the, the floor, the, the, the VIP lunch. There's a lunch. When I went, the moment I enter, happy birthday. Ah! My head said, stay tuned. I don't know what to do. They were holding candles and that. And then they have two nice rapper things. They bought a dress for me and my wife. They bought a nice suit and a nice wedding. They, they say, and they say, well, prof, we are giving you the next 20 minutes. Can you dress? And when we finish, ha! It be a limousine white. You didn't say, you're decorating with wedding, with like birthday. I don't know what to do. The, the pastor said, prof, you are not smiling. You are, are you happy? I'm happy, I'm happy. I'm, I'm there. I don't know what to do. Sitting in a limousine. The limousine has a center table and it has drinks. And then we, they drove us out. When we went there, they set up a Chinese restaurant. Japanese Chinese restaurant. Set the whole place up. All that people were sitting. The church members, some top people. Hey! I don't know how to walk and I'm sitting there. And the people did, and my wife and I, and they finished, and it's a, it's a major surprise I'll never forget. I couldn't even eat. They bring me food. They say, you are not eating, birthday boy. And they come eat. <laughs> my first my tobacco, I'm eating, I'm eating. <laughs> mm. My wife told me, said, if it's not a movie, I'll tell you that this, you know something about it. I didn't know. They did a surprise, and I was there. This one will come and read about how Prof has been a blessing. In the, this one will come and share testimony, the way my life has changed. This one will come and read. I almost committed suicide until I met you. They were bringing gifts and all that. And to me, me, and I said, I did They finished, and I'm there. Put the limousine back. I said, Limousine for how many? This and that. I said, What's for you? I said, The money. The money could have been good. I calculated the thing. It's about 20,000 pounds. They should have given it to me, put it in my pocket. And they celebrate. So, you see, before you know, you have to learn uh, how to go into banquet and meet different people and all that. And can you imagine you go there and what is your kudu am bajo you ni benku bi awa say 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 and all kinds of things yeah Oh, sometimes I travel to abroad they take me to a restaurant the Japanese people have some food what do they call it? sushi or something Ah, bibi 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 and nama yen no ebi no afana wan udi na kato bani 
<laughs> no, but Prof, do you like it? I say, yes, I like it. Very, very nice. <laughs> and some of those food, they bring it to you, uh, they, they think they have done. When I was invited to London to preach, they put me in a hotel. When I got there, Asna was in a hotel. Asna football team. The hotel near Remuno. You know, the, our, my, the reason I didn't like the bed was that that's what my grandmother used to have. It's a metal bed. It has a pole like this. Four poles. And then something is on it. I mean, that when you know, my grandmother. My grandmother's empathy. And to them, they've given me a class. Trying to. I called the pastor and say, hey, I'm not able to sleep well. So, prof. And the man came and said, one of the best hotels in town. We are putting you there. I did ways, I'm so I have to fight out for them to change the hotel for me. Amen. Some pictures that is there. Old, old, old British kings. Some of them is wearing some takeout, holding some stick. When you can boss your now buttons. What kind of thing is this? But that is how life will take you. So don't marry for where you are, marry for where you are going. Yes, my dear. Daddy, please, if you are in a relationship and the person keeps asking you that when you are about to get married, you people should sign a prenuptial, like... Sign what? Prenuptial, like... Prenuptial, what is that? An agreement that he's working, I'm not working, I'm in school now, like an agreement that whatever... You are in the university? Yes, whatever uh -huh. property I came to meet, when we divorce, he's supposed to keep his property. <laughs> I mean, every day is about... Divorce, prenuptials, divorce, prenuptials, pre because I've seen it, I was like, ah, really? You're not even married, but you're talking about prenup, so I just don't get it. Should you no, all out? of them are the infringements of Western culture into our culture. That's what I say. There is nothing wrong with culture, but there's something wrong with tradition. And you have to be careful the things you copy. Where did they start from? Let me give you the little background of this one. There were some guys who became stars, Hollywood guys. And they discovered that some ladies just find a way to go and marry them. And after they marry two, three months, they have the target. They said, we are divorcing. And the guys have to kind of um, divide or maybe take all their inheritance. So that is why this kind of uh, pray what? Prem Nashia or whatever came in. So they have to sign. But it is not you that come from Ochebon Piso and Begwe. What do you have? And some of the things I'm talking about, they are huge things. Some of them marry, maybe they are worth about $30 million. And the woman wants to just get about 20 or 15 million after marrying for six months. But you see, some of you, as a result of lack of the fear of God, you are copying things just for copy's sake. You don't even understand. Because once you are married and you start signing those things, based on your culture, you have introduced the separation demons into the marriage already. And check all those people that do this. They are very miserable. Their marriages don't stand. Their marriages don't work. Most of them are in all kinds of things. That is what I tell you. Maybe if you listen to me from the beginning, I said that when you marry, divorce must not be in the equation. Make your mind, no matter what we are getting married, now that you have gone to sign, not even prayer can change anything. So the answer to that is I don't sign anything and I don't think it's the right man for you to marry. Conclusion of my answer. I don't think it is, it is good for you to marry such a guy. 
who is marrying you with divorce in mind. Girl, you will get some nice guys here who will marry you and they will marry you to Jesus Christ comes. What is wrong in marry and if anything, leave you everything for your wife? Hallelujah. Pray what? Pray the He said. Oh, yeah. All these are materialistic life that has no Christ in basis. And you get to the place when you develop relationship with God, you see that material things are nothing. Okay? Can I tell you this? And some of you have not tasted prosperity. Uh, it's very difficult to say things like this in a teaching, but I have to say it. When I got my first BMW, I used to sleep in the car. My wife would come and say, oh, my dad. She would give me a You see, at a certain level of your life and poverty, there are things we celebrate. Today, I have some kind of cars. God has blessed me. I don't even think about it. No. No, I don't. I have cars that are far better than that. My interest has changed. My major interest in life is how to be a blessing to somebody. So, if you put me here and I'm sitting in my golf cart and I'm driving around and studying and praying, I enjoy it than driving a Rolls Royce. Anything. It's not. Very interesting. But the level where you are, if you don't take it, you think about some of these things and you think about some of these things. No, 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 no. When you get to a certain level, those things are nothing. We brought nothing to this world. We will take nothing away. Let your desire be in Christ. And the ability to get closer to you. Let me take the final question. Yes. And then maybe last two questions. Because so there's a guy, the woman in South Africa, a friend now and on now. Daddy, mm-hmm. please, I want you to give me a little insight. Okay. Um, a little experience I've observed with married men in general mm-hmm. is that most times when they are experiencing problems in their marriage, they don't hesitate to complain to outsiders okay. about X, Y, Z, about the wife. But you realize that with the married woman, irrespective of the imperfections of the man, they are willing to go the extra mile to make the relationship work. Mm-hmm. And I really want to understand, what is it with men? It's very, very <laughs> difficult. Hey, they ask you, what is it with you? Stand up and answer. <laughs> it's what he says, is it true? Now, there are two ways. And I want to warn all of you here. Let me warn a lot of you here that are not married. Be careful the way you listen to a man who is telling you his marital problem. Don't give attention to that. When he starts telling him that, I'll pray for you, but I don't want to hear this matter again. I think that whatever it is, you are a Christian. Prayerfully, you should be able to solve it. It's a disgrace to the kingdom. For you to sit in a place like this, for you to pray and hear the word of God. And when you have a, when you have a marital program, you try to, uh, 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 I mean, what do we call it? Expand or test somebody who is not even married. And there's a reason why I don't want you to listen to that. If you keep listening to him, eh, the compassion in you will rise up. When you rise, you will think that you can be of a help. And you will really help. It is not something that you plan to do. But somebody can complain until you have compassion for the person. So don't listen to people's problems. There is nobody who is married. In fact, those who are not complaining, it doesn't mean they don't have problems. I've already given you the thing. 
It's the same thing we are facing because women are the same, men are the same. But they've decided a successful marriage is not a marriage that is going on without stress and friction and problem. It's a marriage that all the problems are coming, but they are working at it and they are moving forward. And as a result of working at it and moving forward, it becomes a contact to help others who are going through the same thing. Because you must go through a mess to have a message. Uh-huh. Somebody wants to know from what? Mm. Wow. Some of them. How long would you have to be in marriage without a child and go for an adoption? No. There's no way the Bible says you should go for an adoption. So I can't answer that in the context. If you make a decision to go, you can go for yourself. But Abraham waited for 30 years and God gave him a child. So, if you ask me, keep on waiting. And believe God. And don't go for adoption. You can still go for adoption, but believe God because God can give you your own child. Amen. And there's no way the Bible says, tell them that after they marry for two years, they should go for adoption. No. They are the reason why God delayed people's marriage. Marriage, nobody can concord it. Children, children are gifts from God. So when God gives them to you, he knows how to protect them for you. Amen. Daddy, um, please, I want to know. And I want to add something. It's very important. Huh? Even though everybody's looking to have a child, you don't marry because you want children. Even though it's necessary because you are not in control of it. Children are sorry, get from God. So the target is not to go and marry so that a wife, a woman, or a woman. That's not it. Marriage is beyond children. Because I've seen people who also marry and they have the children all right, but they lost all of them. And they're still married. There are all kinds of things. The most important thing is that make sure you are close to God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Final question. Daddy, please, I want to know that is it necessary for you to have sex after marriage on the same day? Because I've had huh? a lot of. What have you been teaching people be teaching them? No, wait, wait. Let him finish the question. Maybe, maybe, yes, let him finish. Sometimes let her finish. Daddy. Please, after, I, the, after the wedding the same day, yes, is it advisable to have sex? Yeah, because I've heard a lot of arguments about it. And and people I say, don't when, know. Okay, are, what are some of the arguments? They say, when should you have it? Um, Three days. Some are saying, it's, the woman is for you, you can have it anytime, and it's not necessary to have to be on that particular day. In fact, if you are tired or something, you can wait for the next day. And I. It means that they are saying that. You don't even need to marry before you have the sex. Is that what they are saying? You can even have it before you marry. No. All they are saying is, um, at, the, at the day you finish the wedding, is it necessary to have sex to try the machine that day? Now, and I'm asking you that, when do they say you should try the machine? <laughs> According to your own term. All the machines give me a wave. And they are also waving. Are you plant or production machines? It's amazing, eh? 
No, I'm ought to ask you because I want to get to the bottom of it. Some of the argument they are saying, okay, let's assume that they say you don't have to um, have sex on the day you marry. When, when do they say you should have it? What are some of the arguments? Like you should have it after two days, three days? What? What they are trying to say is that it's not necessary to have it on the same day. Yes. So when? Um, anytime. Anytime, but not that day. Uh, sometimes when you people are tired and uh, on that day. But we... are you married? No. That's so you why have not been there know. before. So why are you people arguing on something you have not been there? Daddy, please, it's not me. I just want to know my stand so that when I get there. Now, you want to finish marrying. What do you think? Now, listen. Listen. Something dropped in my spirit. Listen. All these things are coming now because of all your premarital sexes. Now, let me tell you. If you have stayed, like the way some of us became born again, and you have stayed for about 10, 14 years, and you have courted with a woman for about one year, and you have gone to marry and you have finished your wedding, how now you master? I have close. Amen. I can't think far. Listen to me. I think that you can only do these things when a phone word. But let me tell you, and I'm I'm being honest and I'm being brutally frank with you. If you are fasted for a very long time, no amount of tiredness. That tiredness. It must go to hell. You can't be tired. What are you talking about? My uncles, I have a wedding. There is a step to get to the top. There are seven steps. Every step, I was charging. Every step. So by the time I go to the top, what tiredness? For where? For here. No, this one is not applied to those of you who are, who are still working on the farm and who keep working. But those who have left the farm for a long time. My wife's wedding dress has a lot of buttons. I didn't be a woman who here. I'm going to say, girl, we are wasting time. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, do we have any Africa? I mean, don't waste. No, you he doesn't know what he's talking about. That is why I really want you to stay pure. It is a lot of enjoyment. It comes with a lot of blessing. Naked in a woman for the first time. The power, the zeal, the unseen. Try. Try and tell the guy that, okay, I want you to wait till the, the final day. Tell him. It's enjoyable. 
The way the guy is talking about sleep, eh? If you really sleep, something is seriously wrong with you. That in case you have a fiancé that is sleeping, call me immediately for prayer through the phone. Because it doesn't work that way. And this is the first time I'm hearing questions like that. I'm telling you. No. It's very exciting. Hallelujah. May the Lord favor you. May the Lord bless you. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, contact World Prayer Center, PO Box GP21421, Accra, or telephone plus 233-303-413-703, or plus 233-303-413-705. Email us on info at wpcministries.org, or visit our website at www.wpcministries.org.